And welcome to this edition of, as I say, the Premier League and football chat um, and wrestling chat as well. Um, as well. Um, so, going to kick things off as usual, um, as I say, with basically the predictions that I had for this weekend as football results. And uh, we will go through the results as well. And we will also go through some of the stories through football that's happened over the weekend and also with some wrestling news as well normally um as i said the episode would be recorded after monday night raw so there will not be no raw review as such um this week and until later in the week and um, when I might be able to get a special episode done this week. Um, so I'm hoping to get something up maybe between sort of tomorrow and Thursday. So who, who knows? So hopefully if we get it in tomorrow, then we can get uh, the raw review in with it as well. So first things first. So the predictions that I had originally had was for uh, for... So the matches were Aston Villa versus Brighton, Bournemouth versus Arsenal, Everton versus Luton, Manchester United versus Crystal Palace, Newcastle United versus Burnley, West Ham United versus Sheffield United, Wolves versus Manchester City, Tottenham Hotspur versus Liverpool, Nottingham Forest versus Brentford, and Fulham versus Chelsea. And we were kicking things off with Aston Villa, Brighton. My prediction was for Brighton to win, considering how well they've been playing this season so far. Um, but they had slipped to a 6-1 defeat to Aston Villa at Villa Park, um, which meant that my prediction did not come right for that match. Then Bournemouth versus Arsenal. I had that match down for a draw, thinking Bournemouth at home, you would have thought, should have played better. Um but it wasn't to be on that day. Um, Arsenal walked away with a 4-0 win and all three points. Um, Everton versus Luton. I had Everton down thinking that, you know, the result last weekend might have spurred them on to pick up a win at home. But they failed in doing so. And Luton actually got their first win of the season away to Everton, um, which is a huge result for Luton. Uh, Manchester United against Crystal Palace. I had it down for a draw, thinking that after, like, you know, after United, you know, his last match and stuff, like, uh, picking up a win, that, you know, they needed to bounce, have another good win under their belt. But again, um, Crystal Palace came away with a win and they won the match 1 0. Uh, Newcastle versus Burnley. Newcastle won this match 2 goals to 0. And I took this match as a Newcastle win. West Ham beat Sheffield United 2-0. Again, I 
I had it West Ham when that happened. Wolves versus Manchester City. So I had it down for a draw. But Wolves, not surprisingly, in a sense to me as well, because I did have a suspicion that they might walk away with the three points as well. But I couldn't make my mind up between the win and a draw. But it turned out to be that they got the three points. They won 2-1. Um, Tottenham Hotspur versus Liverpool. I had down for an away win for Liverpool. Um, and we will go into this match in a wee bit of detail because there, there is some issues with that game that I wanted to discuss about, which we'll be discussing about in, in a wee moment. Um, so again, I had it predicted, predicted that Liverpool would walk away with a win. They actually got beat 2-1. Again, we'll be talking, discussing about that. Nottingham Forest versus Brentford. Um, had, I had it down as a home win, but it finished a draw. But it could have easily finished a Brentford win. And again, I will be going into that very, very soon. And then, last but not least, Fulham versus Chelsea. I had down for a home win, thinking the fans would be behind Fulham in this match. But they've been a home match for them. Um, London Derby, very local. Um, Chelsea walked away with a 2-0 win which was this evening. So out of 10 matches, only three of the predicted were right this week, which is the lowest so far. Um, but normally, now there is a couple that I probably would have normally went with. Um, but because I thought to myself, I mean, you know, picking some of the, draw, the ones that were draws, either side of that, like picking Wolves, obviously I would have got, you know, if I, if I was leaning forward for anyone between United and Palace, it would have been Crystal Palace because the way United have been playing, they haven't been playing well, you know. Um, and again, with the um, the Villa-Brighton match, Villa, you know, have been scoring goals. Now, I know they lost Liverpool a few weeks ago and things like that, um, quite convincingly at Anfield. Um, as well, sort of things. So to go, you know, to beat Brighton six one, and Brighton have been playing well because they do like they do like playing football. Brighton, that's what shocked me about the result. But I'm just wondering to myself, the players that Brighton had sold to Chelsea, has that given made an impact on their season so far? Because they have been very hit and miss, and they have been missing someone in that holding midfield role, like Sacedo was last year for them, um, sort of thing. So that's interesting to point out as well. Um, also, in the news um, this week, um, Michael Beale, um, the now former Glasgow Rangers manager, um, was sacked after 10 months in the job. So it'll be interesting to see who takes over from him going into the season, because obviously you've got uh, you've got Europe matches um, and that coming up um, as well as the domestic season as well. So as um, talked about briefly between the Spurs Liverpool game and the Forest and Brentford game, there was one or two incidents in other games that I heard about, but didn't actually see. So I'm only going on ones that I've seen. 
not ones that I've just heard about, but ones I've seen. So we will kick things off with the Forest and Brentford one first, because there's a lot to go over between the Spurs and Liverpool one. So the Forest and Brentford game. So Forest Brentford finished, as I say, it finished one apiece. Because I but I forgot to write the score down here, so I knew what it was. Um, yeah, so it finished one apiece. Um, but Brentford, um, a Brentford forward had pulled had brought the ball forward one one on that one with keeper, um, and the ball was passed backwards to the keeper by the Forest player, and the Forest keeper, he went to sort of try. He was trying to like you know. He, he held onto the ball a wee bit too long with his by his feet, and then it was made. Then it was a tackle made by the the Brentford player, and as the Brentford player had won the ball, the goalkeeper had actually kicked the Brentford player's leg. Now, why VAR didn't intervene with that? I'm not one hundred percent sure why, and I would like to. Th- know why like especially if I, if I was a Brentford fan I would like to know why that that wasn't brought back as a penalty was it because it was one of those ones where it was accidental to a point because as the player plays the ball the keeper you know the keeper can't really see the player come in so it's accidental to a point, so maybe that's the reason why it wasn't given as a penalty. And that now it's different if like the ball was now the ball was heading in, but then it was cleared away. So it was an, it's, it's an interesting one, you know. Was it accidental? It seemed as if it's been deemed as an accidental tackle rather than an actual, you know, tackle to put the player off because the keeper wouldn't have seen him until. It was really it won the until the player had won the ball, you know, because he knew that he was coming down on him, but he just didn't realize how, you know, how much that he didn't have as much time as what he thought. Um, but as I say, VAR didn't like it. But well, I don't think they looked at it, um, because if they did, and they if they showed, like a still image of the goalkeeper's foot contacting, making contact with the Brentford, with the Brentford player. Just like just the way they did with Curtis Jones when he got when he got sent off, they showed the still image of his foot over the ball, not the image of where his foot landed on the ball, but after the contact was made off off the off the ball, because, and as Jurgen Klopp had said after the Liverpool game, that. You know about that incident um was the fact that like you know football is done in real time but we get judged for it in slow time you know and he's and he's right i mean everyone knows he's right with the with regards to that and everyone knows that he is right about basically everything that he's talked about this weekend um, some of the players have came out and said about the match, um, about the way the game had went. Um, there's conspiracy theories against Liverpool and things like this, and you know, and, and all sorts of different things. Um, 
but like I say, I will discuss those incidents with with yourselves as well on this podcast. So, as I say, so the first VAR call in the match was actually um, Luis Diaz. Um, he had so as I say, the ball was played through from Mo Salah, and Diaz was in an onside position. Ball was played forward. Diaz took the ball on and slotted it past the keeper and put it in the net. Flag went up to say no offside. So this is where you would it would have been sent up to the VAR hub at Stockley Park and whoever was in charge of it had said check complete, didn't even draw any lines, no draw, no, there were no lines drawn. Check complete. Goal, goal disallowed. And everyone in the stadium couldn't believe what they'd seen. I'm sure the Spurs fans were like, because obviously, I don't know whether they showed the image after it was, been dis, after it was disallowed, because that's what they normally do. But as I say, whenever it was showed, the image, you could clearly see he was onside. So how the goal was not given. There was no there was no incident, there was no foul in the build up of play, there was nothing like that. And yet the goal didn't stand. So that was incident number one. Again, what are your thoughts on that? Those who, for those who listen in as well. Also, so then we had, so before that goal, so that wasn't actually the first one. That, so the Curtis Jones one that I mentioned about. Um, so on field, decision was a yellow card. And that, and then So yes, so you had Curtis Jones sent off second yellow, first yellow. Well, he didn't even get a yellow card. So we got first, referee given the yellow card on field, and that he was happy enough to take it until VAR got in the referee's ear and said, "You may want to look at this on the monitor." The image they so they don't they didn't by looks of things they didn't even show him the video of slowing it down. They just had a still image like a freeze frame image of Curtis Jones's foot, not just over the ball, but the impact on the player's leg where it went. Now, was it a leg breaking tackle? No. Was it dangerous? Slowed down? Yes. But as Jurgen Klopp said, you don't play football slow at a slow down pace. Football is played quickly you know what I mean it's fast it's fast paced and that is what you know people are annoyed more about with VAR now it's like because they slow things down yes it might look dangerous on us on a slow down replay but they shouldn't be having it at a level where it's slowed down 
that you're going to, because you're going to get red cards in every single match if you slow it down on every single yellow card tackle. Like I've seen red cards being given this season for God knows why reasons. And that where players have won the ball, but yet it's the trailing leg, apparently, of the players, the player coming in. You know, so so what they're trying to say is the trailing leg. So a player doesn't want to go in two-footed because he, it's, that's dangerous as, as itself. But as a player comes in with one foot to tackle a ball, but yet a trailing leg catches the player, and yet it's the one that get, gets, gets done by for a red card. I disagree with that. If the player's won the ball, he's won the ball. That's it. None of this. If the if a player touches the ball, any part of his boot, he wins the ball. Because the player is in control of that tackle. But if a player who mistimes the times mistimes the tackle, misses the ball completely and hits the and hits the opponent, I can understand that being a red card, or a second yellow, or a first yellow, or whatever. But not if you've won the ball with either foot. I don't, I, to me, see, to be honest, I do not care about this trailing leg business. If you've won the ball, you've won the ball. End of story. If you've put your foot on the ball, you know, that's it. Do you know what I mean? To me, to me, it's, 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 it's stupid some of the decisions that they're given right now. It really is, in my opinion. And not only is it getting managers in trouble because they're wanting to, they're wanting to express their opinion. But because they're expressing their opinion, it comes against the it goes against the referees, and the PGMOL, and then the FA get involved because there's you know they're coming out with this that and the other saying about referees this referees that officials that official officials this officials that. At the end of the day, that it's not an opinion; it's a state of fact. So when you see all the images back. From any of the games that these incidents have happened, and then the managers come out after a game, see the images, talk about them, and then the FA are disciplining these managers and players, not because of an opinion based, you know, you know, chat with the press or whatever, but with a factual based uh, you know not just opinion but uh, the actual statement and the comments and things that players and managers make and that's what's going to infuriate a lot of people more you know it's like when of the fa pgmol and any other footballing body going to actually do something about this before it gets more out of hand now, I've been hearing stories recently because of obviously what some of the Liverpool players have come out with and said about, and that um, I've heard that the Liverpool players could be fined for what they said. Now, this is where this gets interesting. Why fine players for making comments about a referee's performance when the performance in itself was absolutely shambolic, not just the Liverpool supporters, but the supporters all around the world who watched that match. 
if anyone says different, then they're they've got painted they've got painted eyes on. Because when you look at each of the decisions that the referee or officials got got really really wrong, the Curtis Jones one. You know, you could see why it was given as a red card, but because of the image that they showed the referee, that is why. The referee went with an on-field decision of showing him a yellow card, which to me was the correct decision, but yet VAR intervened with that and said, like, you know, you might want to check the monitor for this, and there you go, there's your image, and then he sent some off for that. Then, like I say, there was the goal, which was a perfectly good goal, nothing wrong with it, well onside, but given offside. Now, Liverpool have asked for the audio to be released to the public, and that, so, and it should be, because they released the audio between the officials with Virgil van Dijk's red card, so why can't they release this, you know? Then, as I say, you know, obviously, Diego Jota came on as a second-half substitute uh, for the injured uh, Cody Gakpo because uh, he got injured in scoring Liverpool's equaliser. Um, and people are saying, like, you know, oh, just because Liverpool would have went 1-0 up at the time, you know, doesn't mean to make them to say that they would go would have went on to win the match. No, it wouldn't have made them want to go on to win the match. It would have changed the game. To me, it would have changed the game because not only were Liverpool down a player, there would have been a goal up with about, what, something like, what, seven or eight minutes to second half, give or take, or until, until half time or whatever. And if they were, if Liverpool went then 1-0 at half time, so say if those two goals between Spurs and Liverpool didn't happen in the first half, but the, the one that Luis Diaz scored, scored, counted, Liverpool would have went 1-0 down, 1-0 up, a man down, going into half time. You know? Now, if you put those two goals that both Spurs and Arsenal scored in the first half, then Liverpool, Liverpool would have went in at half time 2-1. And that that would have been a different ballgame in the second half. Because then not only Yes, Spurs came out and that, but at the time it was 1-1, but it should have been 2-1, but it also could have only been 1-0 to Liverpool. So either way you look at it, it's more than likely Liverpool would have went in half-time, a goal up, either way you look at it. None of this, you know, oh Spurs would have won the match, it's like no. He's like, you can't say that they would have won the match because they didn't win the match in the end. If you added, if you add in Luis Diaz's goal, it would have finished two each. And this is what they're talking about. You know, what do they want done about it? What can they do about it? Whatever they do, it's gonna make it's gonna if if there's, if they don't do anything between the PGMOL and and whether it's FA or FIFA, if they don't do anything about this, not only are they cards, 
for not doing anything about it now and trying to fix the problem. Everyone knows the problem. It's, it's not just the fact that it's a human error that's caused this issue. You know, we don't know who, which part of it it is. Is it the referee? Is it the official up in VAR? Because they're trying to say after the game on Saturday that they had said to the referee, basically, that we thought that you'd given the goal. So that's why we said check complete so quickly because we didn't need to draw the lines because we've seen it, that he was onside. But they ha- but they should be drawing the lines anyway, whether he was offside or onside or or whatever. They should the lines should be there. But of course but I don't know whether there's trying to say also that oh they had technical difficulties where they couldn't draw the lines. But you always draw the lines whether they're offside or onside. If it's a close off, if it's a close offside, that's where the lines come into play. But this wasn't even a close onside decision. But because it was given, because the flag went up, this is where the lines should have been put into place. And that, but there was no lines drawn on the screen that we'd seen. And that's the issue where everyone seems to have the problem with is. You know, somebody's lying about it, but who? So until the FA or PGMOL release the audio from that, then we will know what was said between those couple of minutes. The incident between, as I say, um, obviously the Curtis uh, Jones one um, was obviously a straight red card. We know exactly what would probably be said. That's not really going to change too much, but because of the images and that, and because of, now I don't know if it's a rule this season, because it doesn't seem to be the rule this season, where if a player goes in, and slips as he plays the ball, because he did, because Jones played the ball before he played the player. It was just the fact that he touched the top and he touched the top of the ball, which meant he wins the ball. But because he's 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 skimmed the top of it and it's caught he's caught the player after, yes, it looks bad. And that so you can see why the referees maybe give the foul, but but to me, was it a foul in the first place? If he wins the ball. So Liverpool have appealed this red card. If it comes back and they don't win the case for it, then I don't know whether he would be, um, whether he would get a further ban because of it being, because of it not being rescinded. And that, which is the other issue as well. So that will be interesting to see on top of that. Um, but yeah, um, again, let me know your thoughts on that. Do you think? Now, in my opinion, this is this would be almost the best scenario. In my opinion, so what I think they should do to keep to make things fair for both clubs from this match. Because, don't get me wrong, it's not Spurs' fault that the match went the way it did. 
that's down to the officiating. That's nothing to do with Spurs like cheating or anything like that because Spurs didn't cheat. Do you know what I mean? Yes, the Spurs player did cheat. I suppose the one that got Jota booked for the first yellow card. But that in itself shows the integrity of the game. Now, like the referee was looking straight at that incident, had seen the player had kicked himself and still gives Jota a yellow card for making no contact, no contact whatsoever of touching the Spurs player. You could, because you can clearly see Jota is running behind the Spurs player. The Spurs player clips his own leg and goes to ground. And Jota hasn't even went past him yet at this point as he's fell to the ground. And that tells you exactly what had happened in that moment. If Jota had took him down, if Jota had tackled him, Jota would have ended up in front of him. But he didn't. He was still behind him. Because Jota was still on his feet. And couldn't understand why the referee was giving him a yellow card. That's why Jota was laughing at the referee. He was like, he being serious, I didn't even dodge him. He clipped himself. And, the, and there's replays there that show that he didn't touch him. There's replays there that show that he the Spurs player clipped himself. And then moments later, he gets a second yellow card for another minimal contact foul. Is it worthy of a yellow card? No, because there was little to no contact again on a Spurs player. And the referee pulls out a second yellow card and sends him off. Now, will the officials who were behind that match, who, by the way, were at UNE, which is the over at the United Arab Emirates, and that which basically, um, as I say, obviously where Man City owners are from, and that, and they were apparently, I'm not sure if they were refereeing over there, or do, but they were doing something over there. And now Man City had lost. Now this is a conspiracy theory that Liverpool fans, some Liverpool fans have. When Manchester City play earlier and lose or slip up, eight times out of ten, there's a dot, there's a Liverpool match on, like whether it's over that weekend or on the same day, but later on. And the referee's decisions in the game and the officials decisions in the game are brought into question especially if Liverpool or lose Liverpool lose or slip up themselves in, in the match because the exact same thing happened on, on Saturday where obviously Diaz's goal should have stood Jones Jones with the red card and I haven't even mentioned as of yet about a penalty that Liverpool should have got it was announced over commentary that a Liverpool player in the, as far as I am aware, it was in the first half. I could be wrong, but I think it was in the first half. They were awarded a corner, but one of the Liverpool players was, was shouting for a penalty because 
the Spurs player didn't play the ball, but he took a Liverpool player out completely. And a corner was given and not a penalty. Wasn't even checked by VAR. It was just given as a corner. And the Liverpool player was furious with him. And that. So again, that's not one that I've seen. It wasn't one that was shown on whether it was match a day or um, on Sky Sports' highlights. Um, but again, I only just heard it through commentating and that. Um, but as I say, I just want to know what your thoughts on the incidents were. Um, do you agree with you know, the potential of, you know, maybe voiding the match out, because this is, this, is this is my opinion, and this is the way they should do it as a fair reflection from what happened on Saturday. Now, the only thing, this, the only thing about this and doing this, you're going to have a lot of teams that are going to want this, but, 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 but. If it's going to be where, say, for example, that some people say, like, people say, like, a goal changes a game, right? Obviously, the first goal does, right? That's fine. But if the score is, like, 5-1 or 5-2, and the match finishes at 5-1 or 5-2, and say there's an incident where a red card's given, but they don't think it should have been a red card, and if it's one of those ones that gets rescinded later on, now, if the match was at 2-2, say for example, or even 2-1 to the team that was maybe winning, that was like leading 2-1, and the other team get the player sent off, does that mean then that the match should be voided out? Um, if the team were, who were trailing 2-1 get a player sent off, or, and then obviously go on to lose the match 5-2. But because of that, so would they need to look at where the player was sent off from and what the score was in the match to maybe think about doing something like that? Because this is where it's going to be a problem for, you know, if they are going to go down this route. Now, what they could always do is, is just add the goal on and give both teams the point. Which, if I'm honest, in my opinion, that would be fair as well. Because that's the way the match should have finished, is 2-2. Because if you count Luis Diaz's goal, which, which, should, which should have perfectly stood, all you need to do is just to add that goal in. And then that changes the result of the match for both teams. And it's a draw and a fair, a fair reflection in the match. Because whenever Liverpool went down to nine men, they played quite well. They were still pushing forward. They were still taking risks. Allison made a couple of save, a couple of good saves in the second half. Liverpool defended very 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 well. So they did, but they shouldn't have had to defend very very well. Do you know what I mean? Because of the decisions that the referee was making and the line, and and the other officials. You know, so to me. The two first things to do is either add Luis Diaz's goal in to make it 2-2 or to avoid the match out completely and to play the game at a later date. 
that is the only first thing I can think of that they can do. Because to me, you can't let that match result go as it is. You just simply can't. You know, did, did Spurs play well in the match? Yes. Did Liverpool play well in the match? Yes. Both teams were going at it whenever they had their full set of players. And Curtis Jones still should have been on that pitch as well, going in to the end going into the second half as well. So if you take away Curtis Jones being sent off and only getting a yellow card, Liverpool going one 0 up, that is a different game going into the first at the end of the first half. Would Spurs have scored that same goal if Curtis Jones hadn't been on the pitch? You don't know. It's more than likely not to be fair because Liverpool would have had more in the middle of the park. Would Cody Gakpo have scored the same kind of goal that he did? You don't know. Quite likely. Because of the fact that like we'd scored the goal after we were already a man down. So, you know, so Spurs have the advantage of having a man up over Liverpool going into the first half. So if Curtis Jones hadn't have been sent off, it quite easily could have been we were 2-0 up going into the first half. And that would have made the game more interesting going into the second half for us to be 2-0 up because then Spurs would have had to come out of the blocks in the second half. And they did to a point. And then obviously Jota got sent off. Wrongfully so as well because he shouldn't have been booked either. But because he wasn't shown a straight red, and he was shown a second yellow, that's why he was sent off, and it couldn't have been looked back by VAR. But we know, even though now because it won't be it, that should be rescinded. That would be brought down to a yellow card because he shouldn't have been sent off in the first place because he didn't make contact with the player. So they should be rescinding both red cards. And reducing the Jota one to maybe one yellow card and the Curtis Jones one either to a yellow card or taking away it taking it away completely. That's if they don't void the match out. Because I think that is still on the table. But then it's what do they do after that going forward? That's where the issue lies. If you let the game go as it not just as it is, but if you add the, the Luis Diaz goal in and keep everything as it was, you would get Curtis Jones's red card rescinded. It would revert back to the yellow card, if even that. Then Jada's one should be rescinded because he was shown a red card for two yellow cards, so you still would be at one game ban. But if you look at the red card, you're, you're like, no. He shouldn't have been sent off, so that's rescinded too. So he'll only be down, just down to a yellow card, and that. And then because they're they're wanting to find Liverpool for not controlling their players, it's not the players that were out of control. It was the referee. The referee was handing yellow cards out as if they were fish suppers on a weekend. And that's just not an opinion. That's a clear and absolute utter fact. Like, I've never seen so many yellow cards. Like, Liverpool have had always had a good discipline. Now, yes, sometimes McAllister this season for us has been picking up stupid yellow cards. And sometimes they maybe haven't even been fouls. They're just 
you know what I mean? It could be like the lightest contact and players are going down. And that, and then Spurs players all day Saturday, whenever they were going down, were looking for yellow cards from players from for Liverpool players. Yeah, they're supposed to be booking players for doing that. And yet not one Spurs player was booked for that. So there's there's another fact added on to the other facts that I've already mentioned about. But you know, folks, I've talked about this one for a bit too long. But I'm still, as a Liverpool supporter, as many of you know, I'm still annoyed at this, as you can tell. <laughs> um, but I'm trying to keep as cool and as calm as possible about it until we see if there's anything further that's going to be done about it. If there's not going to be anything done about it, I would love to know what the PGMOL have to say about that, as well as the FA. Because if the FA go to find the Liverpool players because of what they've said, if they go to find Jurgen Klopp again because of what the comments he said, then all Liverpool have to do is go to their lawyers and basically go to the PGMOL and FA with their lawyers and be like, do you know what? I don't know what they're going to say, but it's not going to be good for the, the FA or the PGMOL. Because when they see all those incidents that's happened just on Saturday's game, you know, for Liverpool's match, if you take it into consideration, if you go back a couple of seasons ago, where Everton played Manchester City, this is a big talking point. This is one of the ones I brought up actually on my uh, football special. Uh, not that long ago, the Rodri handball one where it bounced up and hit his hand. It was like it wasn't even accidental. Like he put his arm out, the ball struck his arm. Should have been a penalty. End of story. Wasn't given. Why was it not given? Because it wasn't given because he was a Manchester City player. And that's a fact. VAR looked at it, said it had a short, had it hit his sleeve portion of his shirt which is absolutely nonsense in my opinion not in my not just in my opinion but it's a nonsense because it's a fact because man city were given a penalty against wolves at the etihad at the start of, near the start of that season and scored the penalty the only goal of the game by the way it wasn't even a penalty and do you know why it wasn't a penalty because it hit underneath his armpit which is the shirt portion of the shirt it was the sleeve portion of the armpit and connecting with the shoulder that isn't even a handball even if part of the ball touches your like if it touches where you like your short your you know your shoulder kind of meets down where your armpit kind of is even if the ball hits that that's not a handball like that's not deliberate handball he's got his arm up and it's hitting him there what a VAR day. Nothing. The, the, go, the, the go by the referee's decision. They would have seen that hit, his, hit underneath his armpit. And then they scored for it. If that penalty wasn't given, Liverpool would have won the league. If Everton had got, had got that penalty against Man City and scored it, Liverpool would have won the league. So, 
people say VAR balances out over a season. No, it does not. And that's not how a game should be played. And that's why the integrity of the game is coming into question. Because officials like that who have, I'm not going to say who've been bribed, but that's what it seems like. It's as if it's, somebody's came to them and went, you know what? We're going, to, we're going to pay you some money here. We want this team to lose. And apparently I'd read somewhere that apparently Mark Halsey, an ex-Premier League referee, had said that, they, that he was told, um, along with other referees, to have spot fixing in matches. Now, what does that tell you about the integrity of football? Do you know what I mean? So if the ball goes out for a, for a corner and it should have been a goal kick, or if it should have been a goal kick but was given a corner, you know, things like that, player, player, makes, a bad, player makes a good tackle, but then the referee gives it as a free kick and a yellow card, or worse, sends him off for, make, for winning the ball. It's, th- it's things like that that are the issue. And it's making the game not enjoyable to watch anymore because you don't know what's going to be given. You know, you really don't. And until that side of the game is cleaned up by PGMOL, by the FA, by even FIFA to, to a standard as well, you know, are they going to have to bring European referees into the Premier League to try to kind of like, you know, see for themselves how bad English referees have been because they've been very, very poor this season. And like, and I'm not just talking about the Liverpool game. I'm just talk, I'm talking about in general. Like, there's been incidents there. One screams to mind: the Manchester United against Wolves match, where United won the game. I think it was a was a two one, but then um, Wolves should have had a penalty when it. Onana punched the Wolves player straight in the face. Went goes to come out for the ball, misses misjudges the flight of the ball and punches the Wolves player in the face. Wolves players go down, and that game doesn't even stop. It's a head injury, and that VAR coming coming and says they're coming together. How is it a coming together when Onana punches him in the head? Like straight fists, gloves to the head, doesn't even connect with the ball. So he doesn't. The Wolves player got his eye on the ball completely, and Anna looks at the player, and then what he called looks up and looks at the player, looks up, and then he still hits him. Do you know what I mean? It's it's decisions like that that really infuriate you. Do you know what I mean? Like, and even with the offside to a point as well, too, still, where. You've got players who you know. You've got linesmen who put the flag up straight away. If it's just if it's one as clear as daylight, fair enough. Put it up straight away. You know, if a ball's being played over and a player goes to make a run for it because he's made an attempt to run for it and he hasn't touched it, the flag should just go straight up because he's making a play for the ball. So that means the flag should be going straight up. But if he's on, if he if he's close to being on or off. Let the play go until either the ball goes out of play or the ball goes in the net. You know, let the play go on. 
if the if it goes if it goes as if it's going to go out for a corner or something because and that and that player's made that run for the ball and you think as a linesman that you're that he was offside, then as the as the goal as the balls went out of play, put the flag up, you know, and and four offside, you know, I think they should linesmen should have like a certain time window time frame window for when they can put a flag up after a player goes to run for a ball and if it goes out for a corner or something like that or whatever because and then they can and then if they see the what if they see why the flags went up there's why because you've made the run for the ball and that would it would it would quash a lot of things so it really would but as i say enough about that um and things like that because again it's going to be, I would say, very soon again when we're going to be talking more about more decisions, uh, which could very, ha- which could happen very, very soon again. So that concludes the football portion for this part of the podcast. Um, so we were going into some wrestling stories and incidents that happened as well over this, over the past sort of weekend. Now I have not watched SmackDown. As of yet, I haven't seen SmackDown. I haven't seen too many results from SmackDown. I do know that um, Rey Mysterio retained the United States Championship against uh, against uh, Santos Escobar in that, in a very very good match from what I gathered. In that, um, also we have some rated R news as well um so we know that as i say edge adam copeland had basically left with left wwe not too long ago and his contracted ended on i think it was the first of october and that i think it was um where he basically made his all Elite Wrestling debut by coming out, um, as I say, um, Darby, with Darby, obviously he came out after the match uh, between Christian and Darby Allen because all I just seen was the ring really being taken apart, pretty much. Uh, the next thing, you think you know me, come on. And then the place erupts, Edge comes out, but not as Edge. It comes out basically with the name Adam Copeland. So the rated R superstar, Adam Copeland. So now whether they change his name to something else for All Elite Wrestling, because that is, as I say, his real name is Adam Copeland. Obviously, WWE have the trademark as of Edge. So like I say, are they going to give him a new ring name? Are they going to keep him as Adam uh, Copeland? Um, who knows? Um, who knows? Uh, because obviously a lot of his ring gear and stuff would have had like Edge on it or like some of it may even be Rated R Superstar on it and, um, and all of that. And all of that type of thing. Um, uh, so I'm not going to go too much into the results of the AEW pay-per-view as such because I'm going to go into a special episode um, this week. Um, and it's going to be based on wrestling um, as well. So that's why I'm, I'm not going to go into the results too much of that show. 
Um, but what I will do is when I'm on the subject of wrestling shows, because I will be bringing this podcast to an end. Well, this episode, not the podcast itself, but this episode to an end um, this evening very, very soon. So I just want to mention that there are some wrestling shows happening across north and south of Ireland this the next couple of weeks. So first thing, first one we have there is an OMA for uh, CAW. Uh, they will be having their show in OMA on the Sunday the 8th. Um, and I say check out their Facebook page for more details. Um, also, you have Titanic show, uh, which is held in Belfast again on the 15th of October. Again, if you check out their, their Facebook page, um, and I think their tickets are available on Eventbrite for that show. But again, um, as I say, just double check with their Facebook page to see if it is on Eventbrite, but all information will be available on Titanic Wrestling's Facebook page. Um, also, Hard Knocks, their first anniversary show, um, again, is the 15th of October, and Dolan's Warehouse, um, tickets available online, and I believe there's not that many tickets left as well, so if you haven't got your ticket for the show, I say go grab your ticket as soon as you can. Uh, works out at about 21 pound, 21 euro kind of thing, and that obviously with the wee fee and stuff as well, I think included in that. Um, but if you've never been to a Hard Knock show before, and you're wanting to go to, the, to go to the show, go check it out. It's a really fun show. It's really different to maybe what you've, you know, you've been to before and things like that. But it's always good night out. I've only missed one show of it so far since since its uh, debut, which was the first show. Um, I've been to every other every other show of it since. Um, but unfortunately, I cannot make it to the anniversary show itself. Um, but as I say, I know they will knock it out of the park, um, as they always do. Um, there will be a new Hard Knocks champion crowned as well. But again, more details um, for Hard Knocks and that will be available very, very soon, coming up to the show. Like I say, we, ha we are two weeks, well, we'll actually be a week away this Saturday um, from the, the one-year anniversary show of Hard Knocks. Also coming up um, to, at the end of October, which, as I say, there will be there, there has been some announcements made uh, for those, these events coming up. Uh, so OTT, which is Over the Top Wrestling, um, show so you have Wolverhampton on Friday of let me see I think it's the twenty I see the twenty seventh uh, just just trying to check for dates just to making sure I get the right dates to tell you all folks so let me see so yes so twenty seventh uh, OTT Wolverhampton the hangar the world famous hangar um saturday the 28th in dublin um for ott for their anniversary show weekend 
Um, and then the 29th will be the anniversary show as well, the episode in Belfast as such. And then they're also doing one for the Spiegel um, type thing, which is held in down in Ireland. I'm not sure exactly where, but it's down in Ireland. And that's on a Monday. Bank holiday Monday for those down south of the border. And that, so it's going to be a long weekend for that. Um, but yes, so as I say, that does include, conclude um, this podcast episode for this one. Um, and as I say, I will be back um, with a special episode this week as well. Um, and also may have a guest on, um, but I will definitely know for sure uh, by that episode so yes so i want to thank those those of you for listening to these episodes when they come available and as i say i am the host with the most rob gold and before i go one thing that i want you to always do for me because i know that you will and for those that don't you will, you will all acknowledge me. Thank you, guys, gals. Okay. Ooh, ooh, ooh.